It's a brand new day Shining in every way Shalom, family. Welcome to Dr. Lovely's Couch Cafe. It's your host, Dr. Lovely, here. Rise and shine, for the glory of Yahuwah is upon you. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing like being connected to the God of the universe. Yes. He is good and merciful above all things, and I give him glory and honor today because he's good to me. Yes. So first, let's get started. I'm telling you, my meeting went so well. And she officially got an office, y'all. Yes. An office and the beginning of new things. So I'm glad I have a place to call my own, a place to utilize for half of the things that I've been wanting to do. So I'm excited that things are looking up and everything that I have been looking to take place is now about to take place. So I cannot complain, period. He is doing marvelous things. And when it comes to, um, man, there is nothing like knowing that things are finally coming together. <sighs> so, right now, my focus is on building a legacy. Yeah. So my kids can have something to look forward to. So for the rest of my life, I will continue to do everything I need to do in order to ensure that thing. This has been a long time coming. Yeah, it has. But above all things, God is good. Ooh, thank you, Father. I will not complain. So the next day, is I have a building, I have an office. Now it's time to get out there and get that money. Yeah. So I'm excited. Tomorrow, I start my anger management class, which will be having me put in a place um, where I have access to the court system in order to do these classes, which is another avenue to make a little extra cash for myself. So God is just doing some mighty, mighty things and just opening doors all over the place. So I'm excited about that. 
See, understanding that if you put God first, right, and you seek him and try your best to the best of your abilities to do right, I'm a living witness that he will, and I do mean he will, open doors for you provide for you, put you in places to meet people to do partnerships with. I'm telling you, the building used for this, there is so much to be able to to utilize it for, so I'm excited about that. So let's get to it today, right? Let's get to it. I'm telling you, y'all. I'm telling you. If you keep the faith and you keep him first, there is nothing you can do. Can't do, I mean. And when you really think about it, I heard the rabbi say something very interesting today. And that very interesting thing was um, well, the rabbi was saying that um, how it's we um, take matters in our own hands to see what we can see, right? Instead of trusting God to meet our needs, to provide and to do everything, we make a decision to say, oh, I want to see for myself. I want to witness this thing. You've pretty much forfeited him moving for you. Because see, when we trust him and know that he will do it, then there's no need to want to know why or how things will come to fruition because you already know that he will do it. But as soon as you remove him from the factor, you have um, removed your security and making sure something will take place. You, you get what I'm saying? When you remove your security, right, about something that will take place, you've completely rendered him out of the situation. Right? So now, before he gets into this, because we're going to spend a little bit of time, we're going to spend a little bit of time in here. Let's let's just kind of look at this for exactly what happened. Come on. Come on. And Caleb, the son of Yafune, the Kenizzite, said unto him, now I know it's the thing that Yehovah spoke unto Moshe, the man of God, concerning me and concerning thee in Kadesh Barnea. And we so we read about that this morning, right? Come on. Forty years old was I when Moshe, the servant of Yehovah, sent me from Kadesh Barnea mm-hmm. to spy out the land, and I brought him back word as it was in my heart. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed Yehovah, my God. And we read about this this morning. Come on. And Moshe swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy foot have tried and shall be an inheritance to thee, 
and to thy children forever, because thou hast wholly followed Jehovah, my God. Hold on, let's back check, because he said something about um his heart wholly followed follow God, right? But the people... They didn't, right? They questioned it. You feel me? When you, when you, when you know for certain that God will do something, you wholly follow it. But the skepticism, right? When you are skeptical about something or unsure, You cause other people to doubt God. And see, that's bad, right? Because you, you're skeptical about the fact that God can do something, right? And, and when you are skeptical, it means you don't trust him in fullness. Niggas, I'm not just speaking to myself. I mean, speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself here. There's some real stuff right here now. Listen up. And now, behold, Jehovah hath kept me alive as he spoke these 40 and 5 years. From the time that Jehovah spoke this word unto Moshe, while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day four score and five years old. So now, let's just, so because like, honestly, I read this a bunch of times before. And when I read it this time, when I read it again this morning, it struck me. And I know, I, I know part of the reason that it struck me because of some things that happened to me yesterday, which we'll see how that goes. But it struck me because let's just think about this for a minute. He said he was, he was 40 at the time. He's 45 now. They spent eight, uh, 40 years in the wilderness. So that means five years and the land wasn't divided. They've been in the land five years, and the land wasn't divided. So oftentimes, we think about Joshua as being a flawless leader, and he probably was. But the same thing that took hold on Joshua is the same thing that took hold on, takes hold on us today. Complacency. Because they were supposed to immediately go in. And they were supposed to immediately start to have these wars. And they were supposed to immediately start to divide the land. So basically, right? They held their own self up. So instead of going immediately into the promised land. This is five years later. Because of other people's questioning something that is supposed to have taken place. See, like God will issue something, right? Make a statement and say, this is going to happen. And when you doubt that. When you have doubt in your mind, you've really rendered him, nigga, impossible 
to see something through. Ooh, nigga, ouch. See that ouch? You know what really brought the ouch? Is the five years. It just took me into a whole nother level of something that I've been dealing with my own self for five years. Because we're looking at situations, right? In the natural sense, and that hinders and it puts a blocker up for God to to not intervene on your behalf because you've already said he couldn't do something or that, you know, you weren't going to do something. And as soon as we do that, you pretty much bind up the hands of God to operate in your life, right? That's exactly what that is. And you recall me saying, like, I'm not going to fight about some situations before that I'll just release and let God have his way. Because, see, we, we, um, we limit him, but in our limiting him, it also backfires on us. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Five years later, the land still isn't divided. Five years later, the promise that the other, the two and a half tribes made was that they were not going to go back home until everybody got their land. Five years later, everybody still hadn't gotten their land. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Because when we say time flies, time flies. And oftentimes we come in and we make plans for ourselves to do certain things. And there's always a reason why we can't get it done. It's because of this. It's because of this. It's because of this. And then you look up. And five years later, you haven't done the things that you planned for yourself. Mm-hmm. No. Niggas. Mm. So he pretty much rendered what I said true, right? Is the fact that. You intervened. And not only did you intervene, you mistrust God. Yeah, what you talking about? You know, I, I do. I trust God and, and I believe and what, what, what. And yeah. No. If you trust him, you would step out. If you believe in what he stated, then you'll stand in it fully, ten toes deep, as they say. So I pose the question, what are you afraid of? What's stopping you?
from walking into the fullness of God in your life? What's stopping you from being obedient to his word? What's stopping you? For resting in him. Or might I say who is stopping you? Because most of the time we're intervening on our own behalf. And as we intervene and move the way we feel like we should, we we, we get in the fucking way. It comes to a point where you be like, oh my God, uh, you know what? Surely I keep fucking it up. I I, got to stop putting my hands in it. Because every time I put my hands in it, it just go left. Every time I put my hands in it, something else happens. (sighs) Yeah, you're going to have to trust them fully or not trust them at all. Because he don't ride in the middle. Five years later, Joshua hadn't done the things that God commanded for Joshua to do. He hadn't done the things that was his God-given appointment to do. God-given appointment. Meaning there is a declaration of something you are supposed to do. And instead of follow at, following after declaration, the declaration exposed, opposed to following after what was said. We surely we've been led astray. And really not understood. And I have such an in-depth conversation today. You know what I mean? About how God moves. See. I had a fight with someone today. Because they were mad. Because I said I believe in the New Testament and told me I was going to hell, goddamn. I said, oh, shit, now. And instead of arguing with the person, they felt validated because I didn't argue, but they weren't understanding that. The reason why I conceded, not because I was wrong and not because they were right, it was because Once you realize that you can't get to a person rationally, like you can try your best to get someone to understand a thing, and no matter how hard you try to get them to understand something, it only tends to make them angrier or frustrate them. You understand? You it's the what's the purpose of fighting to get someone to understand something when they don't have the capability to understand it? Arguing or fighting for someone to understand something only frustrates you. So 
I've come to a point where I no longer want to fight to get anyone to understand a thing. I've come to a point where I just decided to give up. And I recall last week my auntie told me, what right do I have to give up on someone? Well, one, our concept of the Bible are different. And what she believes and see in it is not what I believe and see in it. See, I feel like if you spent so much time, maybe hours, maybe days, maybe weeks, maybe months, maybe years, to get a particular person to see a thing. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you love them, no matter how much you want change for them in their lives, for the betterment of them, if they're fighting you on it, right? then the purpose of getting to them to see a thing is just just not going to take place. So you just have to learn when to concede. It's a reason why there's a proverb that says, do not argue with fools. Because all you're going to do is upset yourself. So you... You have to learn to let go. And stop fighting. Because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And so now when I read this, and then I go back and I read 13.1 again, and it says, Joshua was old and well stricken in years. And Jehovah said unto him, Thou art old and well stricken in years, and there remaineth yet much land to be possessed. Five years have passed, and you hadn't done the things that I required for you to do. Notice he said, That he hadn't done any of the things that God required for him to do. See, it'll get to the point where God will move you out the way. And the focus will be on the next generation because that's pretty much what took place right in the wilderness the the youth 
had the capability of going into the promised land, the older people died off in the wilderness because they were contrary, argumentative. They rejected everything that was presented. They were so hard to deal with that God just allowed them to die off and focused on the youth to bring them to a particular place because they had two different mindsets. I'm recalled so long ago that I got a prophecy and the word was that you come from a long line of prophets. And all of the women rejected the call, but you won't. And you will be the person that set a trend because the rest of your seed will continue on and what you accepted meaning. Because I made a decision to choose God in its fullness. My children then following the line of righteousness that continues on from me. So we could either be obedient and follow after what he said, or we can be disobedient and reject it and lose out on what God had in store for you. We mess things up for ourselves. And so I just want to take that time to talk about how complacency sets in and we become comfortable now I don't I don't know what their situation was that they were dealing with here I don't know how the people who were supposed to not go back until everybody um, inherited their land and I don't know how they dealt with their families for this five years and I don't know the dynamics none of us know but um the fact that it took five years minimum for those things to get started is something that really needs to be considered. And I would like for us to consider that because for us who have been in knowledge itself for so long, for us who have were born in knowledge itself and we want legacy and we want legacy, we, we want to see how we want to do more. We want to do more, but complacency set in. The other thing that I that, that really struck me about this was Caleb came to Joshua. Caleb came to Joshua and he said, listen, thou knowest what God promised me. So now I can't speak for what anybody else is feeling right now, but I know I want the land that God promised me and I shouldn't have to have had to wait 39 years to get it. Not at 39, 45 years to get it. Now mind you now. Come on here now, Caleb. (sighs) 
You understand other people can hold you up from your blessings because they might be tied to it. Especially when you're dealing with relationships, intimate ones, you know, man and a woman. We have potential to hold up blessings from our spouses. Because there are certain things that require the two of you working together to get done. And if one person is rejecting to do one thing and the other person is willing to do it, then what progress you're supposed to gain together is halted. Y'all better think about that shit. And so that says to me that it's okay to give people a nudge and show that you're dissatisfied with the progress or the lack of progress that's taking place. Now you already know what happened when you tell niggas you unhappy about some shit. Niggas don't give a damn. Matter of fact, when you tell them, um, uh, um, you, 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 you know how you feel about a situation, the first thing a nigga want to do is tell you they don't give a damn about what you think. <laughs> we so self, we so self-centered, and we have understood that we, we need other people, in life. Some of us will fuck over the people that support and uplift us and have no regard about their feelings or anything else. We don't give a shit. We really don't. What would that say about you? And I and, and you already know it's my I, I I tell you all the time it's my pet peeve when you want someone to support you in your efforts but you won't support somebody else in theirs, but you can't be upset or pissed off because they decide not to support you in your efforts, especially when you don't respect theirs. We so selfish and cold hearted. We wonder why we don't have good people in our lives that help or assist us. It's because majority of the niggas that, that get those kind of people in their life, they end up fucking over them. They don't respect their values or what they need. We will learn to do right by one another. And he was the, he was the right hand man, second to second to Joshua. And at a certain point, he had to come to him. He said, "Listen, you know, I was promised." My portion over in Hebron. I want my portion. I'm 85. I still feel good. I'm ready to go out and take what's mine, what was promised to me, because I still feel good, because I want to be able to do it before, while I can still enjoy it. I want to be able to go and, and have this war and this fight be over. 
my own land and be settled before I get too old to enjoy it. This is what happens when you put things on hold. And other people depend upon you. Which takes it back to a selfishness in essence because when other people depend upon you in order for their lives to be sustainable and the fact you disregarded their feelings or um, requests I know some of y'all won't understand what I'm saying. I know a lot of y'all really don't get what I'm talking about. Because the concept of caring about what another person wants and being able to um, meet a person where they are or compromise. Right? Compromising. <sighs> okay. So I say for us, and I started to talk about the two generations. Well, it's, it's actually three, right? It's the ones that's before us. It's us. And then it's the ones after us. And then you have people who kind of transcend both. I would like to feel I'm one of the ones that transcend both with the younger people. But it comes a point now, because I still feel good. I still feel good. And it comes a point where you now want to see more progress than Shabbat religious observance once a week. Yeah. And it comes that you want to be able to see more progress where you want to see businesses where the next generation don't have to struggle like we had to struggle. Right. It comes to the point that you want to see that. I mean, I can't speak for nobody else, and I'm only speaking this just to say it, because I know a bunch of people have similar stories to it. For me, I was working, I was doing side work, and I was going to school all at the same time, because what I didn't want is I didn't want my children to have to work and do side work, and go to school and try to deal with that all at the same time. Exactly. Then I was taking cat naps at work, and I was taking cat naps in school. That's why it took me as long as it took me. And I was taking cat naps at the other job because I wanted to make sure that I could build something that they don't have to work as hard as I did. Right. And guess what? Twenty-something years, I'm still building. Right. So for us, 20-something years, we still build. And so now what I'm saying is I'm imploring us, just like Caleb did, I'm imploring us now to listen. We need to figure out a way to do more. Yes. We need, listen, Shabbat is not. I understand what he's saying, seriously. Like, you always hear me talking about a collective. Because it takes all of us to be able to really make our neighborhoods the way it should be. And that's why I really value, you know what I'm saying, what took place on Wednesday. 
is because you have like-minded people coming together trying to figure out how we can make impact in the community and still be able to grow but being financially stable you know what i'm saying in order to accomplish a thing One of the brothers' wife is involved and they work together. And I commended them, right, for being that example in the black community that a husband and a wife could work together to get things done in the community. And they're showing the love and and, um, compassion they have for one another. And it was a beautiful thing to see. It's so beautiful to me to see a black man and his woman working together to get something done. Because we don't often see it. And I commend them for that. Black man and his woman forever stand at odds. And they, they destroy each other. And as they destroy each other, their children is watching. You know what I'm saying? Shit ain't right. Actually, no, Shabbat is nice. I think the way that we handle Shabbat isn't. Because the fact of the matter is, is this type of learning service should be for Newer people to come in. Should be for new people to come in and be able to learn and absorb and apply. If I've been attending service every week for 30 years and I still have a problem with ZZ's on, on uh, wearing ZZ's, that sounds to me like I'm not really a good student. If you've been, if I've been, I'm going to say me, if I've been attending Hebrew class for 30 years and all I know is my shalom, ka, shalom, 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 Lee, and that's it, then I'm not a good student because I'm not applying myself. And what I'm saying is now it's time for us to apply ourselves even more because what we don't want is the next generation to have to do what we did. The next generation... While we should be training the next generation, while we should be training the next generation to to be able to perform perform service, we also should be able to be training the next generation to be business-minded, to have a trade so that we can really build communities. I've been saying this, man, like... Seriously, build communities, right? Because you see it. Right now, we're all over the place. And it's not a knock or it's not a slight, but it's just where we are. And so at a certain point, we need to start to take more steps to make more things available so that they're better prepared. We should have jobs waiting for them 
once they graduate high school and college and all of those different things. Right. When we went to go, when I went to go get the lamb the other day, uh, the other day for Passover, we, the day that I went in, there was a young kid. Kid couldn't have been more than about 12 or 13. And, and you know, he, he did all of the transactions. I got to be honest with you. I, I felt a little bit uncomfortable, like, you know, giving my credit card to a, 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 a 13-year-old. But he was the one that was transacting all of the business. And I'm, I'm telling him, no, it should be this. And he's telling me, no, and we, and we got through whatever it was that we need to get through. Fortunately, because he was 13, I was able to push to get the, you know, for a little cheap, you know, a little better price. Then when I went the next day and I saw the guy and he, you know, I was talking to the guy who was the owner and I said, yeah, I noticed, you know, there was, I said, you weren't here yesterday. I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. And he said to me, he said, no, it was, he said, that was my nephew. Um, I had him here because, and this is what he said. He said, because, you know, we got to get them started early, you know, because they need to be prepared for life. And I looked at that and I'm like, wow. Exactly the shit I've been saying. You, you, you get me the same shit. You heard me say this. I talked about this before. My objective is to establish something for my kids. To leave a legacy for them. So they won't have to worry about anything. Because when you leave something behind for them, it makes a difference in their life. And when you teach them it and bring them in, right? If something happens to you, then they know how to carry on. It's important for our children to understand the importance of legacy and that they continue on what you started. And it seems like we're a little bit behind on that concept. And it's okay. Because as long as we can recognize that we're behind on that concept, now we need to start to take us take the steps to to get ahead. Come on. Verse 11. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moshe sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war and to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain. Whereof Jehovah spoke in that day, but thou heardest in that day that how the Anakim were dead, and cities great and fortified. It may be that Jehovah will be with me, and I shall drive them out as Jehovah spoke. And so, if you notice, at this point, he's tired of waiting. And so what he said is, you know what? It's been five years. Um, I already did my part. Where I want is I want that mountain right there. God already promised to me. I'm just letting you know as a courtesy that I'm still strong. 
this is where I'm going, and this is what I'm going to get, because this is what belongs to me. And you, if you notice what he said, he didn't say, perhaps God will be with us. Mm. He said, perhaps God will be with me, because he's saying, I'm going to get my part. I'm not waiting for y'all no more. Come on here now, God damn. Listen. And I hate to say it like this, right? Male or female, if you're waiting for your spouse or significant other to come along with you to establish a thing and they don't want to do it, it gets to a point that you have to let go. And um, journey on by yourself. Because you can't. It, it gets to a point you're going to keep waiting. And and you, you're going to be disappointed. Because you will realize that you spent your whole life waiting for someone. To be on the same page that you're on. And that's the worst thing ever. I don't know what it's for now, goddamn. But I'm telling you that there is no need to be waiting on accomplishing something. You might as well go on and find the people that will work together with you to get it done. Just saying. That was what he said to Joshua. I'm not waiting for y'all anymore. I already picked out my part. And this is what I'm going to get. Because this is where I feel God is taking me. And so that's what I'm going. That's where I'm going. And he said, prayerfully, God will be with me and will deliver me as I go and do the thing that I feel like God has in store for me. And so what happens is I'm not a big fan of we need to start doing things on our own. I'm not a fan of that at all. And you've heard me say the same, right? That if I had my way, it would come together. Well, we can work together. But when you've wasted time, it got to a point where it gets to a point where you have to let go and journey on. We can't keep continuing to hold each other back either. Right. Because some people don't want to move forward or some people don't know how to move forward. You know what happens? Most people who don't know how to move forward don't realize that they don't know how to move forward. Come on now, goddamn. Most people who are stubborn don't realize that they're stubborn. Come on. You're being stubborn. You're being rude right now. Who, who me? They don't realize it. 
Nigga, you being stubborn, you being rude. Even if you express to them that, right? And, and at the end of the day, you already know our brother, sister don't mind being disrespectful when we're trying to get them to see a thing. That's why I said I wasn't going to fight with the person because at the end of the day, no matter how much you try to get someone to see a thing, the more they dig their heels in. And the only thing you have left is to release it and let go of it. And so at a certain point, you need to start to make decisions that better impact you. Because this is your life and your family, especially when other people refuse to move. Yes. And that was what he that was what he said. This is what he presented to Joshua. And um, he said that the most high, prayerfully, the most high God will bless me as I go to do it. Come on. And Joshua blessed him. And he gave Hebron unto Caleb, the son of Yephune, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Yephune, the Kenizzite, unto this day. Because that he wholly followed Jehovah, the God of Israel. Now, the name of Hebron before time was Kiriah. Pause. He said he wholly followed him. Right? That means he had no doubt in his mind that God would see him through it. If y'all recall me talking about my son when he was playing football and how I told him to trust God and he was so busy fighting against it, right, that he was looking at the situation and he wasn't looking at the fact that God was going to keep him and carry him through it, meaning that he didn't trust God enough to know that he wouldn't put him in a position where he wouldn't cover him and protect him. God would never set you up to fail. He wouldn't do that. which Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim, and the land had rest from war. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, I don't know if they're going to tell him about that. And so, he presented this to Joshua. Joshua blessed him, and allowed him to go. And the one part that I, I believe that, um, that I also want to focus on is that when you serve God, it pays all the time. Yes. When you serve God, it pays all the time. We, as being God's people, need to realize the value that God has put on us and the ability that he's given us to be able to succeed. Yes. God has blessed us to be a kingdom of priests. God did not want us to be regular people. Yes. We were not meant to be regular people. That means we were not meant to acquiesce and hang out and all of those different things with regular people. Because we have to be better. 
Yeah. We have to be the ones that set in the forefront and, and, and setting the example for what the epitome of righteousness and godliness is supposed to be. Right. That needs to be us. So, I don't, I mean, I know we have the different things that we have that kind of catch us up along the way. I'm not going to go into the different things that I believe, the issues that we have, because we all, the ones that we have are different. But we need to recognize that we have them because we need to start to overcome. We need to start to overcome all of those different things that keep us where we are because we need to create and present something better for our most precious ones that we say we love the most. Yes. All honors, praises, respect, acknowledgement, and thanks I offer unto the God of my fathers, to the God of Abraham, the God of Yitzchak, and the God of Yaakov, thanking him for all things and everything. I bid you in the tongue of our forefathers, Shabbat Shalom, Nicole. Shabbat Shalom, And we're going to wait for, um, you said, she who's that? So once again, right? We we gotta we gotta make tough decisions when it comes to following God with our whole heart. And we have to be able to stand on those decisions. But we also have to accept and know when we make wrong choices and stand in those choices that we made were wrong and make corrections. But most of us, we fail to realize the error of our ways. You know what I'm saying? The mistakes we make along the way, right? I pray that um, that you gain something from today's message. Because, mind you, I had to do this three times, goddamn. First time, I was a little aggressive and shit. And, and second time, it was a little bit longer. But <sighs> And every time I was done, Father, do should I send it? No, no, don't do that. You have to learn to be obedient to him in all avenues. And trust that he will lead us. Rightly. As he said with his whole heart. I say shalom, salam, shalom, or whichever one you choose. And I say, if nobody told you they love you today, know that I do. Know that you are beautiful and intelligent and, and kind and love it. That you are important. You're a chosen seed of the Most High God. Special. 
chosen out of all the nations of the earth to be a beacon of light unto the world. To be an example of what righteousness is. Much love and respect to you. Keep a sister in prayer. And I will keep you posted about what's coming up next and what we're doing here to um, grow our community and get us, you know, our people in a place where we have our own. You know what I'm saying? There's so many communities that have their own spaces. Hispanic communities, you know, Jewish communities and, and, and Russian communities. They all have their own spaces now, goddamn. Mind you now, this is our land. So if we got to take it back one block at a time, then goddamn it, then that's what we need to do. But it can't get done if we're not going to do the work. So once again, I appreciate you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Peace and blessings.